Hello and welcome to another episode of Cheeky Scientist News. I'm Isaiah, and today we're talking about how to speed up your job search, how to get unstuck. There's a lot happening externally in the job market, but there's a lot that can happen to us internally. For example, something I hear very often is that people don't like the idea of selling themselves to employers, especially if you have a PhD or another high-level degree. Academia tells us not to sell ourselves, tells us not to be a subjective, to avoid confirmation bias, which is good, when it comes to avoiding confirmation bias in our work or our research, but when it comes to a job search, you gotta have extreme confirmation bias. You have to convince an employer you're the best person for a job, which is why I really like this article that came out called, Tired of Having to Sell Yourself to Land a New Job? Try this instead. It's the way we think of selling ourselves, like a, a used car person selling ourselves to an employer. That's not what you're doing. Okay, you're, you're digging in to get clear on the company's challenges. That's the first thing it talks about. But pretend you're a detective, you gotta dive in. There's a job posting, a lot of us just skim the job posting, think maybe we're a good fit and fire off a resume. Don't do that. What's the deeper reason behind why the position is available in the first place? Think of it as building a case, right? They have a problem, you've, pro you've solved similar problems in the past, find the most similar problems that you've solved and use that to build a case for why you can solve their problems too. And then it talks about helping them make an informed decision. Okay, you can be the best person for the job. There's a case where that's true. A lot of us just think of the worst case scenario, like we imagine there's this person out there applying that has all the skills, or so many other people that are so much better, they have industry experience and we don't. That's all theory. Okay, so if you're imagining the worst case scenario, imagine the best case scenario too. What if you were the best person for the job? How would you make, help them make an informed decision? Okay, about who they should hire. And of course that person should be you. But if you look at it this way, it's gonna help you sell yourself for the job without feeling like you're selling yourself or without feeling like you're selling out. Should I answer a job posting right away or find someone to refer me? Okay, when it comes to getting hired quickly, one of the most important things you can do is get your resume in, then go after getting referrals. And those can happen back to back. A question that I get a lot from people is, which should I do first? Should I wait to get my referral? The answer, hint, no, you shouldn't, because that could take weeks before applying, right? So should I wait to get a referral before applying? No, you shouldn't. We talk about this a lot. I call it the minimum effective dose for applying where you're balancing quality and quantity because you have to get a certain number of resumes out there, okay? Data came out recently saying it's between 21 and 80 resumes to get your first job offer. That's when you know your quality is good enough. If it's over 80, your quality is not good enough. What I recommend doing is getting your resume in for the job right away, okay? You gotta get it in, ideally get it in Sunday night to Monday night, that's when the employers come in, they pull all the resumes. Uh, Talent Works data we talk about all the time shows they have about a 43% increased chance of getting a callback if you apply Sunday night to Monday morning. But then right after you get the resume in, start reaching out to people after that. Reach out to a gatekeeper, somebody that's in a hiring position that makes those hiring decisions, and then somebody that's in the same position you wanna get into a proximal position. Okay, it does talk about setting limits. Doubling your approach doesn't mean doubling your job search time, I agree. That's why, again, I call it the minimum effective dose application method. Get your resume in, reach out to those two people, and move on. If you're spending hours and hours targeting your resume, you're doing it wrong, okay? You need to target it quickly. These, these documents, they're two pages or less. The average length of a resume is 550 words. Okay, should, you should be able to do that in an hour, okay? You gotta turn your brain off, quit asking permission for the ability to build a case for yourself, to sell yourself, Help them make the informed decision that you're the best person for the job. 
The title here, how can I tell if a job's right for me? Ask these overt questions, organizational psychologist says. 23% of workers consider themselves to be thriving at work, but many people don't. So why is that? It talks about the ways of working. Are you actually thinking about what you're gonna do on a day-to-day -day basis? Most of us just think about the job title and whatever preconceptions we have of this job title. Map out the activities you wanna do. That's important, right? Asking questions about this will really help you. Profile your ideal leader too. Find people who are working in those roles or people who manage those teams and figure out what they do on a day-to-day -day basis and see if that's what you wanna do on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of us are here, maybe you're even watching this because you're in academia or you're in some other job where you're looking five years ahead and you're like, I don't want that. 10 years ahead, I don't want that, right? Day-to-day -day lifestyle, but you're there to see that lifestyle. You gotta find a way to see the lifestyle of people in these roles you're interested in. Talk to them, right? Set up informational interviews. Okay, four things many job seekers get wrong about finding and landing the right role. This might be my favorite article this week and it's in Fast Company. It talks about just huge mistakes, time-wasting mistakes that I see a lot of people make. Okay, using the job description as a checklist. We just talked about that, right? So corroborated now across multiple op uh, articles. It's coming up right now for a lot of reasons. I think too many people are looking at these job postings, deciding not to apply, or just flippantly putting out their resume. You gotta dig deep into it to figure out the reason the job's available. And then you gotta look at the job posting and think, okay, how can I build a case for this job using keywords? Right, making sure that I'm targeting the job appropriately. But you can't do what I see a lot of PhDs, a lot of, a lot of other academics do, and they actually create a percentage value of how much they match that job. I've heard this question so many times, I match 70% of the job, is that enough to get hired? 70%, like how did you calculate that? Like you listed the skills and then you thought it's just some sort of objective matching? It's not that way. Like you wanna match yourself to a high percentage rate in terms of keywords, but it's not whether or not you have a certain percentage of the skills on there. Right, it's also about, do you have the ability to learn those skills on the job? So, so I love that point. Creating an experience-based resume, big mistake today. If you wanna to get to today's AI, you can't use experience-based resumes that just list your past experiences, your past job duties. You gotta talk about where you wanna go. If you've been watching me for any amount of time, you know I really recommend the functional resume as one of the resumes in your toolbox for getting through today's AI because it will talk about your skills that you have that are transferable. So you can talk about where you're going. You have skills related to XYZ job title where XYZ job title is the one you want. Even if you haven't had that job title in the past, it's a way to get that job title on there because you're talking about the skills related to it and not just your previous experience. I do love that it talks about not going after what you want also. That is very important. You gotta go after what you want. You gotta ask these questions. That's a good list, list of questions here, right? So do some searching on LinkedIn for profiles of people who already work in the positions that intrigued you, right? That was in a previous article too. It says, ask what are their backgrounds? What prior experience and qualifications do they have? What professional groups do they belong to? What type of articles are they posting? Dig deeply. It's great to find somebody who's in the role that you want and look through their experience and find those that went right into that role after academia. This will help you build a belief system like, wait a second, I can do this too. Or went right into that role after, the, after a very entry level position. Maybe you're an entry level position. Find someone who's made that similar jump and use them as a template. Do some deep, deep research there. Are you in the right career? How to choose the best job for you? Another article that talks about mapping out what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? Determine if you're in the wrong career and the right career based on the activities, the description. Do you like writing? Do you like numbers, heavy positions, lots of meetings, few meetings? 
Do you want to work remotely in a hybrid role? Do you want to work in an innovative position or in a commercial position supporting something that's already in the job market? Have you thought about these things? You need to. Okay, so it, it, it makes this contrast between what you don't want to do and what you do want to do. What activities you like? I do not want to do those activities anymore. Maybe you don't want to do any more bench work. Bench work. All right, some of us make that distinction. Maybe you don't want to do any work where you have to sell something. Whatever that is, you've got to make that distinction. What is it you really don't want to do and that you do want to do? Access your background and personality. I think this is really important too. And then how to change careers to find the best fit. Interests, skills, personality. I like that it talks about consider different fields. Too many of us lock ourselves into like the field that's the most comfortable to us. We find a couple job titles we like and we, we get too focused on that. There are thousands, tens of thousands of different job titles. In the US alone, worldwide, I think there's gonna be millions of different job titles because companies make up their own job titles now. There's so many different options out there. You gotta focus on your transferable skills. What I like to do, and I actually have an example of this, is I like to look at these lists of like the top 10 jobs the top 70 fastest growing jobs. You see this a lot in uh, Business Insider, US News, et cetera. I like to look at them and think, okay, what are the transferable skills for these roles? Like a lot of the roles, if you're watching this that you're looking for are gonna be these more highly skilled roles, and these lists will often have things that are maybe a bit more lower skilled, a bit, bit more blue collar, might have things that are a lot more clinical, like this particular list that I pulled. But what are the transferable skills? What are the trends? So this is, an article titled, here are the best high paying and fastest growing jobs for the next decade in Business Insider. A lot of clinical roles, a lot of blue collar roles like electrician, HVAC type roles, uh, physical therapy, but there's a lot of sales type roles and technical support and not sales the way that you're thinking again with you know being like a used car sales person, okay? Instead, it sells as in going into a clinic, going into a research institution and talking about them using an electron microscope. And then you support the company that is gonna sell them the new microscope that they need over a very long cycle. You have to talk about the research and the, and the science, et cetera, but you're not selling something every single day, like having to push cars off of a lot. Okay, so those skills we're seeing more and more, and it, it just means customer service skills. AI is going to be able to do everything else. If you look at the, a lot of these tech companies, it doesn't matter if it's like an Oracle, an Amazon, whatever, they all sell these cloud-based solutions. And these cloud-based solutions can be done, right? The person can do it themselves, like whoever purchases it. But nobody wants to do it themselves. So these companies, the Oracles, the Amazons, they have to hire a huge workforce of highly technical skilled people that also have people skills to go help them transfer all their stuff to the cloud, as an example, right? As you, as you continue to grow as a business, it's gonna come down to these personal relationships. So if you have this highly technical knowledge, this highly scientific knowledge, and you can walk somebody through how to use another company's product, right? Whether it's biotech, pharmaceutical, but also other industries, retail, hospitality, et cetera, it's gonna make you highly valuable. Um, there's a lot of project manager roles here, a lot of operations-based roles in this list too. It's becoming more and more important to organize a lot of different activities. Activities that continue over and over again, those are operational activities, but activities that also have an endpoint, those project management activities. Okay, so you gotta talk about your operational skills, standard operating procedures, the fact that you follow those, lesson plans, protocols, et cetera, as well as your ability to start and finish projects. Understand what a project charter is, a statement of work. Uh, something else that's talked about here are analysts, data scientists, informatics, 
you better be talking about your ability to go through a lot of different data and to analyze a lot of different research, whether that's information data, hard sciences, soft sciences, humanities, whatever it is, you gotta explain the ability to go through mountains of information and find patterns and then synthesize solutions. Last couple things I wanna talk about. One is writing a cover letter. This article is just so good, I had to include it, okay? It's on cover letters. It really maps out how to build a business cover letter better than any other cover letter article I've seen for months. Seven steps to writing cover letters quickly and effectively. And it says, number one, the first paragraph. This is what I see most people get wrong, okay? In the first paragraph, you gotta grab their attention. It says specifically, you need four pieces of information, four things you gotta do, okay? Introduce yourself. Some people forget that. Number two, what is, what's the position you're applying to? Use the exact title as it appears. Okay, mention the job description number if there is one. You wanna mention the company too. Then you gotta mention how you heard about the position. Even if it's somebody you connected to on LinkedIn, mention somebody's name. Okay, the fourth thing uh, that it talks about is write a transitional statement that summarizes why the employer should be interested. You gotta include rationale, whatever that pop factor is for you, okay? Maybe you have a, a particular background in their area. You've done the same kind of, of research or you, you went to a particular university that they hire from a lot. They talk about protocols a lot, a certain field a lot. Mention that. What, what's your biggest impact item? Lead with that. And then it talks about going into the second paragraph. You have to have an introductory hook, okay? Before you jump into those middle paragraphs, you gotta introduce yourself in a key area that you will tailor your cover letter. So you gotta go from that big pop hook in that first paragraph to the first line of that second paragraph, right? Really not burying the lead, but talking about right up front, what are the major skills that you have? Mention the fact that you have a PhD or whatever your higher level degree is yet. Talk about why you're able to do the work. If you dug into the job posting and you figured out what their real problem is, this is a great time to say, I've solved this problem in the past, which is relevant to the problem you're trying to solve in this role. Last but not least, job, the best job search sites on US News. It has a list here. I recommend getting this article and reading through it. I'm gonna read them off to you here. So of course they say the US News job search site. <laughs> uh, Indeed, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Career Builder. Maybe you haven't heard of this. Snag a job, Monster, Well Found, Link Up, Simply Hired, and Zip Recruiter. So if you're just on LinkedIn, great. Things are competitive now. Expand your job search. Try some of these other websites as well. This takes to the end of Cheeky Scientist News. If you like this episode, go over to our brand new YouTube page specifically for Cheeky Scientist News. Just go to YouTube and search Cheeky Scientist News. You'll find our channel there. We're gonna be putting out a lot more news episodes. Make sure you subscribe and as always, keep advancing in your career and stay current.